learning happens when all things come together in what can only be described as perfect chaos. Welcome to the Perfect Chaos Podcast. It's Rhonda and David, and together we make up the Perfect Chaos team. Perfect Chaos not only represents how we started this, but also who we are. I'm an assistant professor of education at a local university, and David is a program director and professor at a nearby community college. Our backgrounds are diverse and range from sociology, criminal justice, fire, emergency medical services, emergency management, and together education. And this all comes together into our perfect chaos. How many times have you been asked about giving out your PowerPoints or notes to students? In higher ed, it happens all the time. Today, we're going to talk about the pros and the cons of giving out all your stuff. And we'll be right back with this discussion after these messages from our sponsor. We are Rhonda and David, and this is our perfect chaos. It's kind of funny that you're bringing up this topic now. We're getting ready to get into a presentation development for ourselves for this coming summer and guarantee at the very end of it, you're going to have five or 10 people, you know, uh, a large portion that always comes up after conference. And the first thing they do is, can I have your stuff? Can I have your stuff? I was like, well, if you would have taken those in the last hour, you would have had all of it. <laughs> or now the even, even better thing is they just take out their cameras and take pictures of all of your slides. Yes. So, they, so they really already have everything. Right. Uh, but they just really want to know the notes behind it. Uh, which we tend to do in our heads, but, uh, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, so, um, what stuff are we talking about? It's not just the conference PowerPoints. What, no. what, what, what stuff are we talking about? Well, I mean, I think, you know, when both in higher ed and in the P12 setting, a lot of times, you know, you'll have a student that's missed a day of class whether it's that they were sick, whether they just didn't want to come, whether they were on a school trip, whatever. And oftentimes it seems like the question, the first question we get is, hey, I was gone. Did you do anything while I was gone? Nope. To which my response is always, no, we sat here and cried because you were not here. We missed you that much. Right. <laughs> and then the second question is, well, can you send me the PowerPoint? Or yeah. can you send me the notes? Um. And to a point, I understand that. The problem is, at least, well, there's multiple problems, but one of the problems in my mind is that when I make a PowerPoint, I intentionally don't put everything on the PowerPoint. Right. And, and I'm taught the same way, especially in the military. If, if your leadership, who you're briefing to, has everything in a PowerPoint and you're just sitting there reading them that, guess what they're going to do? Hey, just print this off. I need to go somewhere else, right. and I'll read it on my way in. Right. You miss that connection, that, that subject matter expert, you. Right. Um, so there is that piece of it uh, that, yeah, I can give you my PowerPoint, but it's probably not going to be super helpful. Um, and, and that is, I don't ever care to help a student, right. but that is a piece of it. The other part of it, though, is, I mean, I've had students then when I would give them my PowerPoint. Well, um, can you give me your notes that you used to lecture from? Do you have guided notes for this? Do you have, can you give me the copies of this? Can you give me the copies of that? And that's great. 
you know, but I, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of thought that goes into when I build those PowerPoints. Now, you know, it's funny you said mentioned that about conferences. I typically give out everything I do at conferences. Right. Uh, I put a QR code, and it's on the slide. And if you want it, right. you'll scan the QR code and get to it. But I don't send it out. Um, you know, I'll if the session was recorded or whatever. Obviously, that that goes out. People get it. That's fine. Um, but I don't typically just send out everything I've made. Uh, and part of it, I guess, is kind of going back to that whole. There's not. If all you have is my slides for anything that I do, then you've only got a piece of what I'm actually talking about. Right. Now, this this would be where potentially the notes section may, may help out. You go down and it's like all these points come from all these different things. But in some of those, you know, one slide may have four or five different reference implications into that. You right. Know, when you've developed that. So it's like, how do you, how do you do that? And, you know, there's a reason why you're the educator. You're the reason why you're the one that's selected for the conference. You're the reason why you're giving this presentation to a corporate group or to a, a school group or to an athletic group or something right. like that is because you have the story, you have that, and you have the key to unlock. And, you know, I, I kind of take a look at this that well, that's a little bit like, you know, some of the way our body, you know, facilitated diffusion. Before you can walk into a house, you have to key to get in the door. Well, the PowerPoint is the house. Well, you're the key to get in the door. It's a, right. You know, the, and that's, you know, so, you know, I, I've been in several of these environments that I've had stuff given to me. I've had stuff uh, not. Um, I've had part of the stuff given to me. I've had all of the stuff given to me. Um, you know, why, why do we get into an environment where that is kind of the, well, let me just get, you know, go up and I'll get it from them. Right. Um, I think it's it's twofold, and I think it depends on where we are as to what the impetus behind it is. Uh, I think when we're talking about in a classroom, you know, maybe it is that somebody's had to miss, and th and they're just trying to to get help and understand the content, which I have zero problem with. <laughs> Please, I would much rather people come by and and ask for the slides, and then we can have a conversation, um, than not do anything. Um, so I'm all for people asking for content. Uh, I'm all for people trying to engage with content. I'm all for people trying to see what they've missed. Um, I think, you know, we have said, and I say it all the time, I would rather you be participating than taking notes. Because that's actually why my slides don't have a ton on them. is because when I teach and when I present, it's going to be guided by the the people in the room. So, you know, I may have the same set of slides for three different classes or for three different presentations, and none of them are going to sound the same. Right. So I, I think part of it is a, I don't want to miss something. Part of it is, hey, this might be something I want to replicate, you know, especially when we're talking about conferences and stuff. Um, but I think there's another part that's just... I was out, and maybe this is the easiest way to figure out what I missed, and, is just to give me the slides. And we know in, in the P-12 environment, you know, uh, a field trip for a science class 
or or math class or history class or whatever, you know, is it's not just going to affect that class. It's going to take them out. But, you know, so they try to limit those, but right. you still want them to go there and, and go back to one of our episodes where we talk about doing the virtual right. field trip. But, uh, you know, so you, we are going to have people <laughs> miss. You're going to go to basketball tournaments or, you know, Forensics something. competitions, band competitions. So we, we've kind of talked so far about some of the benefits, but let's specifically talk right there. What are the benefits of giving out your stuff? Um, I look at the benefits differently depending on when I'm giving it out and who I'm giving it to. So if I teach a class uh, and then I take my PowerPoint that I taught from after I have taught the class and I put it out into our LMS. I think a benefit then is it almost serves as a review for them that they can look at their notes and then if they're confused, look back at the PowerPoint and put the two together. Okay. So to me, that's a benefit uh, if it can be used as a review because I've already taught it. You know, we've gone through the class. We've, we've talked through this. You took your notes. You paid attention. And now we can get back. I like that. I love giving students the opportunity to review content on their own terms. I'm always going to be a fan of that. Um, there are benefits of when somebody is absent, they can at least get, you know, an idea <coughs> of what they may have missed. What what was going on? What, what did we go over? Um, especially if it's one of those instances where they missed one class and the next class builds on that first class, you know. To, to give out your stuff, it does at least give them kind of a hint so they're not totally lost in, in that second day of class on the topic. Um, you know, as far as conferences, I don't typically speak at a conference unless I feel pretty strongly about what I'm speaking about. Um, you know, I was in a webinar the other day and they said, don't just do things to do them. Do the things that matter to you. So to me, when people are asking, well, how do you do this? Or can you send me this? Um, I do like to share it because that means that this might make sense in their classrooms or in their programs or whatever. And that's kind of the goal, not to get everybody to do things like I do, but to get them to think about, okay, this is something that's working here. How could I make something like this work in my situation? So those things are benefits. Um, there are people out there, I'm not one of them, but there are people out there that will say, you know, the benefit to handing out all your stuff is you get more well-known. I, I could care less, but well, <laughs> I mean, that's not my, and, that is not my ultimate goal. And that's what, you I, know. that was one of my uh, talking points when we, when we got here as well, is depending on what you are doing, you know, it's whether you're in the P12 environment, in the higher ed environment, or, or kind of on the lecture circuit, uh, because there are some that are out there that that is their job. You right. know, I, I've listened to a couple of books here recently about those. It's like, Hey, you know, create this environment, and, you know, they, they spoke and they spoke so much that they had to hire somebody else to help speak with them. And then they created a company in which, and you take a look at like John Maxwell and stuff like that. And right. so when you, when you do that, um, and it's actually funny that, um, in, in a leadership class I was just in the, the individual, uh, had retired from a fortune 500 company that he's like, you need to always work on your personal brand. And so if that's your environment, then, then that is what that is. And you, and you lock that so that it can't be edited. You know, you're right. whenever they look at it, they see, 
your, you know, your perfect chaos down to the bottom right or, right. or whatever that is. Um, but, you know, two, you can do that in the classroom as well as when they, you know, if you're out there, think, you know, and you've got them reviewing your stuff at the house, you know, you're thinking you're, you're creating your brand in the classroom. It's like, hey, I right. did this. And, you know, and those students sometimes take a liking to that a little bit more. And as we've talked about it, the more well liked you are usually the more they pay attention in there as well. So Right. So and and not even necessarily well liked, but respected. Respected. Um, you know, and I'm not I'm not talking badly about the people that are out on the circuit. That's great. Uh I just in my heart I'm a teacher. Right. I'll always be a teacher. Um you know, we do this and the point has never been at least on my side, the point has never been to go get like famous doing a podcast. It's just, you know, how can I share what we do and and what we think? Because hey, if we can get to the point of forty thousand an episode, you know, I, uh, yeah, that'd be super. But uh, <laughs> any sponsors out there that want to uh, come along? Um, I'm, I'm not looking for sponsors for this podcast currently. <laughs> I got some. There other may stuff be some happening. stuff that's coming out that we're talking about. That, um, uh, I got some other stuff that's yeah. happening if people want to sponsor something, uh, but. Uh, no, I mean I'm that's never been my goal. So you know, okay, if I send my stuff out and I get well known for it, that's great, but I'm much more concerned about if I let people have my stuff and it helps them be better teachers or think through a problem or even if it's they look at my stuff and they're like, "Okay, I know we got to solve this problem, but this is definitively not what I want to do. That's fine. Well, Does it help you get to the root of a solution? And, and again, it's utilizing the product for whatever right. it is you want to get out of it. You right. Know, because that in itself, it, you know, as most of our as most of our listeners are, um, we know that you know they didn't get into education, whether P twelve or higher ed. They didn't get in it to make a massive amount of money. They're taking their knowledge and moving it on to the next right. generation. And so, you know, that that's uh, something that's beneficial. So let's go to the opposite side of that. What are some of the negatives? Well, <laughs> uh, things get taken out of context. Very much. Um, you know, and, and that can happen face-to-face too. Uh, and it is the reason that most of the people I know that don't want... Their lectures recorded. That's one of their reasons. I, I don't want people snipping my lecture and and finding one piece to take totally out of context that that isn't what we were talking about or the way we were talking about it. And I think that can be some of the biggest negative. Now, there's other negatives of, you know, it, it's interesting. You said earlier you were talking about that that I'm I'm the key to my presentation. Right. Right. So you miss something. Right. Like, I mean, if all you have are my PowerPoints, you're going to be like, dude. You can still break into the house. You're going to jail. Well. (laughs) And and I say that. That's the negative side. Right. That's saying, okay, well, you didn't fit the right way to get in. And so you're not going to get the right thing out. Right. You know, and the thing about it is, um, if somebody, if all they ever had was my PowerPoint, because I don't use that note section. Right. Uh, like I said, I'm I am very uh class driven in the ways that we're gonna talk about things. Um and sometimes I'll put 
reminders in there. But that's also why I do the PowerPoint and have the agenda on it and put the objectives in it is to keep us on track, you know. Well, and that, so I will I will use that no section, but it's usually to amplify something in my brain. It's not a complete yeah, thought. It's not well. a complete thought. And so if that's all you're looking at, you're typically not actually getting the full point of whatever I was trying to convey. Um you know, because we we did grow up in the age where people were first starting to do PowerPoints right. in classes and things like that. And and we I very vividly remember the PowerPoints that had hundreds of words. Right. You know, and it was more like a script. Uh, and I vividly remember how awful that was. Yeah. So I probably go too far the other direction uh, in that. They're basically illegible without me behind them. Um, so that to me is one of the negatives is when I give it out, you're not going to get the whole picture. Um, one of the negatives that I've found, and this happens, I'm going to guess more in higher ed than anywhere else. If you readily make everything you use available, people readily decide to sleep in. Right. Um. Especially if they can get the whole class off of your PowerPoints. Uh, you know, it's today, it's gross and rainy outside. It's been warm the last couple of days. It was 80 shorts, degrees two days ago. Shorts and sandals and now... You know, I mean, let's I, be honest. I don't want to go out there. Weather affects college students. Oh, absolutely. Because when it was 80 two days ago... All of a sudden, there were all sorts of people that did not have class <laughs> because they were out laying in the grass right. or eating outside or reading a book, or, which is, I mean, go for it. Enjoy right. the warm weather. I would love to enjoy the warm weather. Absolutely. But, you know, if I'm if I am all the time freely putting everything I use in class out there, then what's the purpose of coming to class? If you can get the same thing at your house, then why are we having a face-to-face -face class? And and I think that goes into a good question, and it goes back into how classes are actually programmed and scheduled. So the thing is, is if you're going to do that, then why not make it an online class? Right. Asynchronous even, because they don't need you to be in there to, to do that. Right. And again, you know, that's, that's great. And then you turn around. And then you get the outcomes of, well, you know, they just put a bunch of stuff online and I didn't, you know, I just, I had to read it. And so I taught myself. Right. And really you didn't use that guided material to get to where you needed to be. Um, so it, it wasn't that you taught yourself. Now you had to go through all, everything to, to get there. So. Well, and, you know, you've got the one side of everything's on the PowerPoint, so I don't ever have to look at anything. Right. You have the other side of nothing's really on the PowerPoint, so now... I had to go look I, for everything. I had to go look for everything, and I was absent because I was on a school trip, and all she'd, all she'd do is give me the PowerPoint, um, you know, and, and it is hard. It is hard as a teacher when people are out, and you, you're going to have to reteach. You have to teach them what they missed. Right. And it's hard to find that time. And that doesn't matter what level we're talking about. Um, Pre-K all the way to doctoral, you know, 
we've got to find another time to teach that same content. The uh, only way to teach uh, to to go over an hour lecture with somebody else is to reteach for reteach an hour. for an hour. Um, and there's always going to be something that you've missed. So whether you are somebody that that puts everything on the powerpoints or somebody that puts minimal on the powerpoints we're still getting into kind of that same thing you know there's there's still that either they don't need you or they don't understand what they're reading right um just by looking at your powerpoint um you know i know in my classes i use a ton of analogies i mean the jo- the students have a running joke that i can relate anything in the world to sec football there's nothing I've ever taught that I could not relate back to SEC football. Mine might be a television show, but I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm sure yours is a television <laughs> show. Um, <laughs> golly, Moses. <laughs> anyway, uh, but I don't put those analogies right. in my PowerPoints. I use those analogies because they make sense to my students. Right. Because we have to be relatable. Right. Um, and it's not that I always use SEC football. That's just kind of the joke. I mean, the other day, I've got one class where I have a softball player and a baseball player. And it was a classroom management class, and we were talking about expectations. And so we started talking about the differences in expectations and that kind of thing. And I was able to use their specific sports because they're sitting right there. Right. So right. that made sense for that class. Um but a lot of times when you're teaching some of these harder theories, philosophies, these concepts of behavior, um, I know when I used to teach a class about, <laughs> I always hate when I say this, I used to say when I used to teach terrorism, that's not really what I taught. I taught a class about terrorism, right. but, you know, same deal. Um, but, you know, that was, those are really, really hard concepts to understand, and so I had to figure out a way to make them understandable to an 18-year-old who's never been outside of the county in which they live. You know, that that's a little harder to understand these big global concepts. Um, so that's why I use those analogies. That's kind of when I started using those analogies. And I think... A lot of times, if you were to get my slides without the analogies, it's kind of going to look like a mess. Well, it, but it, it, it too goes back to what is the key to learning? What you know, right? And and that is I, it's I, your teacher. It, it's your teacher. You know, again, it's facilitated diffusion. It's taken from an area higher concentration to a lower concentration, but there's a gradient that it needs to cross. Getting back into the medical terms here. Yes, uh, there's all the words that. All the rest of us were thinking exactly, but so, but uh, you know, I put it like that because you know the environment that that situation is in is that there. This side is lower, and it wants this side. This side wants to give it to that side, right? But there's something in the middle that's keeping it from doing it. Like that's it. That's the analogy of the house or or anything. You know, to get into the house, you have to have the key to get right. into encrypted. Data file. You have to have the key. You could have all of the data there, but without the key, it just looks like a, a bunch it's of just, scrambled garbage. Right. The minute you put in that six, eight, twelve, two hundred fifty-six character password, whatever, whatever, two hundred and fifty-six character password. What, whatever it you is, you are extra no, this no, morning. No, no. But 
whatever that is, then all of a sudden it's like an epiphany that, that scrambled data becomes readable. The house that you're trying to walk in becomes open to you. And, and, you know, all of us need to understand what that is. Now, if that key for everybody may be a little bit different. Right. And which is why we get into some of those different teaching techniques and and trying to pass that on. So some people can take that PowerPoint and do really well. We have talked about the fact that you've got some people out there that want to be a physician and all you have to do is hand them a book list and say, go read all of these and come back and we'll practice the skill and they'll have it done. Right. Then there's others where you give them all of the books, you give them all the PowerPoints, you give them all of your time, and they still don't because that key hasn't been, it's not because they're not able, it's just we're not passing that information along right. correctly. Well, I mean, and that's kind of the one, that's the biggest negative to me about giving out all your stuff is just that piece. Now, are there other negatives? Yes. We already talked about, you know, things being taken out of context. Um, and put especially out there. Today, especially, especially today. Especially today. I mean, it doesn't take, for on, on this podcast here, we sit and record. The longest time it takes is for us to spit out the words. But from the time it takes from this recording, for me to get it up online, can take me two minutes. So they can take that on their phone, edit that down, boil it out and say, hey, can you believe what Dr. Blevins just said? Right. You know, and and I think that's a big deal. I think you've also got an issue where, you know, I put a lot of thought into things that I make, mm-hmm. um, and I don't care to share the things that I make, and I don't care if you use the things that I make. Just give credit. But give credit. Um, you know, we can we can talk about plagiarism in, in classrooms, and, you know, I make the joke all the time that teachers are great thieves. We're really right. good at stealing other people's ideas and, and making them fit in our classroom. And, and believe and, it or not, there's actually protections to allow that to happen. Right, right. But I think that there is something to be said about when you're taking somebody's ideas, when you're taking somebody's processes, I mean... I I work with a lot of teachers, <laughs> and I don't know any of them that would not sit here and be like, oh, will this work for you? Okay, go use it. Right. But don't say you invented it. You know, and I think that's an issue. And that can happen regardless. I mean, I can think of an instance where I came up with a really good program at a job I worked, and then somebody else decided that they had come up with that program, um, which worked really well until um, they got called on it by multiple people. But, you know, and it's not that that program was going to go out and make me a million dollars and you just stole something from me. It's not that. It's not going to make me anything. But you didn't come up with it. Right. And give credit where it's due, period. And we found plenty of people throughout history that have taken on ideas, given credit back to the first and built on those ideas. Right. I mean, to this day, there's things that Albert Einstein has done that people have built on. Galileo and stuff like that. These people are dead. They're not going to make any more money off of it. Right. But it's like, hey, this was theirs. But the more that we took a look at it, the more, and we were fine, we get better. And you can make your own money in that environment, if, right. if you so desire. But really, but this also goes back to the academic side. When you're doing your own stuff, turning in a paper 
that you submitted another one. It's like even right. your own ideas, you should say, hey, this is my own idea at another time. I'm not right. dropping right. that as a new idea here. Right. And, and to me, that's kind of a big issue. It's um, it's like this <laughs> this upcoming thing that we keep teasing about, uh, which I guess we can just kind of talk about later today because I think it's now officially able to be out there. Um, we may have updated all of our home podcast stuff, so our old podcast stuff could end up. Yes. But but we'll, we'll tease it. That's another we'll tease teaser. That. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was trying to find names for both the big project and the little project. And for the little project, I no lie, I went on chat GPT and I put in words that described what I was doing and said, give me some suggestions for names. I have seen so many people like, oh my God, what are we going to do with ChatGPT? I'm like, use that Use stuff. it. <laughs> use it. Right? That's, but then when I sent the names out to the people that, that needed to see it and vote on it, <laughs> then it was the conversation of, hey, I used AI to, to help generate these. Um, so part of it's from there and part of it's out of my head, but which one do you like the most? You know. I'm not going to claim credit for all those names. And then they picked one and then I tweaked it a little bit. So I think that is also a negative And that is a concern when I'm giving stuff out um, is that who else is going to use it? Right. You know, and now we have things and, you know, I am not the human that wants to go chase a bunch of students that are, che that are cheating. That's just not me. Um, I'm one that has, has the knowledge if you don't want to get the knowledge in a way that you'll remember the knowledge, that's your problem, not mine. Right. Um, but, you know, there are new things popping up every day where students can upload their completed assignment and get somebody else's completed assignment, you know. And I think that's also, you know, maybe the part that's the big elephant in the room. Although why we call it an elephant, I don't know. I love elephants. Why can't it be like the big, ugly gator in the room or something um some weird animal that people don't like but i think we also have to acknowledge that, that is a negative yeah. is when you give out your stuff is it going to get posted to where your future students also don't have to come to class and don't have right. to do now for me i don't ever teach anything the same way twice so uh, I know I have students coming back and they're like, I tried to upload your stuff to Course Hero and I'm getting down votes and people don't like me. And because you don't use the same things over and over. And I was like, yes, you are correct. Well, <laughs> um, in, in both of our professions, if we stayed right the same static presentation every time, it's 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 one of the big conversations right now with. CPR education. They come up with new standards every five years. Right. And if you don't have your, if you take a class at the very end of that five years, it's been seven years since you, and during that time, so much has changed in medicine. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, we're talking educational technology. Right. Changes on the daily. Yeah. Um, Classroom management techniques. Uh, as long as kids are changing, classroom management is changing. So, you know, I can't teach the same way twice. Um, that doesn't even make sense. But there is something to be said for that. Uh, I always start at the same spot. And it's actually kind of interesting uh, that you mentioned what you just mentioned with the classroom or uh, AI and 
uh, technology and stuff like that, because I'm actually reading a book, The Future is, or listening, as everybody, that, <laughs> The Future is Faster Than You Think, um, and it's talking about all this, like, you know, now that we got data points and stuff like that, it's like, they're actually talking about the MRI getting ready to go away. Because of the wearable tech that we have now is getting ready to get to the point where they can actually do a mobile MRI on you through your body and it can go ahead and your doctor is like, hey, I need to see you because I've gotten alert about your stuff. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I have been in lots of MRI machines. After the last one, that was the MRI on my elbow where I had to lay on my stomach with my arm stretched out above me in a brand new MRI machine that did not have music. I am perfectly fine with uh, never and, going and, down that tube again. But, but that's, that was awful. But but we have to know that this stuff is growing that fast. When, right. When even when we were growing up, which is not that long ago, the con or the amount of data that we had access to was limited. I remember the Encyclopedia Britannica's up on the wall, uh, you know, the house or the school or whatever. You had a full set of encyclopedias? We didn't have a full set, but we had a set, a, a partial set at least. Um, I mean, that's how you knew who the rich kids were. They had all the letters. <laughs> no, no, well, we didn't. <laughs> but, but. Uh, all right, if you but, were not a child of the 80s, you don't understand that. But, but it's no one lie. of those things that now Wikipedia is actually determined to be more accurate than Encyclopedia Britannica is because it has the ability to be updated with having to be reprinted and stuff like that and why so many books now are going to electronic and stuff. Right. Because all of this all of this data and so if we're teaching the same lecture from from year to year or heaven help semester to semester without any tweaks, you know, so I gave you this presentation last semester and you wanted to pull it up again this semester because now you're going to go teach and you take a look at it you're a semester behind, a year behind. Right. And, th you know, uh, things may have changed. Uh, I, I listened to, uh, uh, getting ready to get made fun of y'all, I listen to an NPR politics podcast every day. And one of the things that they have. Uh, he they didn't have, tell me he did that before I married him. Um, I didn't actually then, but, <laughs> uh, but they actually have a, you know, they have people that, will record their intro. It's like, hey, the, welcome to the NPR podcast. Said this podcast was recorded at, and then they break into themselves, like at, you know, one twelve p.m. on Tuesday. It's like, things may have changed by the time you listen. And, you know, that's, that's like uploaded that afternoon. So if you listen, you listen to, to that the, every day, every, it's a daily podcast. Yeah. It's, it's only like tw uh, 12 minutes long. Okay. Um, so there's a Politico daily update and then a, so I have my devotion, Politico's daily update, which is about seven minutes, and then uh, the NPR po uh, politics podcast. That's what you listen to. On the way to work every morning. On the way to work every morning. Yeah. See, I don't do that because I choose joy. <laughs> I, I, I do as well. So after that, after that, I usually have about 10 to 15 minutes in either silence or music or... Silence and is all not depends on joy. Yeah, sometimes when you listen to some of this stuff. No. Uh, but, but, you know, that, that in time... In case our listeners did not realize exactly how different we are. That, uh, that timestamp uh, is kind of interesting because they're like, hey, you know, if you listen to this 24 hours later... Things may have completely right. changed, and yeah, uh, you no, know, that's that's a that's environment we're in now. So, um, so we've talked a lot about negatives and stuff. So, what are some of the alternatives? Um, it depends on where we're where what we're talking about. Again, 
I feel like I say that all the time. It depends on what the setting is. Um, if we're talking a classroom, I think one of the best alternatives, instead of just putting all your stuff out there, is creating guided notes um, off of your stuff. I don't ever have a problem giving out guided notes. Um, I think that's a great way to help your students kind of catch up, but also you're not giving them the answer. They got to right. go. They got to go search for some some of it. Um, so I'm a big fan of that. Uh, if you know, so I was one of those teachers when I taught high school that if I knew that a day was going to be missing over half of my class or there was something weird happening or whatever, I didn't necessarily teach new. Yeah. We would review. review. Um, we would talk about how things fit together. But I tried to do things that would not, that just by somebody missing that class, they would not be missing a ton, right? Um, I also chose to do that on, you know, we used to, we used to, they still do. Uh, it is still done in high schools here, the end of course tests uh, and their big tests. And I can remember in particular, there was a chemistry test that took like four hours and so these kids would do this four-hour chemistry test, and then they came to class that afternoon. Expect, with, and I was like, yeah, we're not teaching new things today. We're going right. to review. We're going to have some fun, that kind of thing. So that's one. That's kind of two of my big alternatives. If I know that I'm going to be missing a, a, a group of kids, then I try to come up with, you know, how can we continue to learn but not do something to where I've got – Half the class that's missed out on it. Guided notes, I think, are, are a great resource. Um, I also, you know, one of the things that that we hear in classrooms all the time are ask three before me, right? And the point of that is to ask three of your classmates before you go ask the teacher. Uh, and I'm a big proponent of that. When somebody says, hey, I missed class on Monday. Can you give me the PowerPoint? I'm like, why don't you go get the notes from somebody? Like... <laughs> I tell them the first day of class, find a friend, find a buddy that if you're out, they'll share their notes with you. Uh, and I do that because I know that, OK, fine, I'll give you my PowerPoint, but it's not going to help you. You need more than that. Right. Um, so I, I do encourage a lot of note sharing. I have even gone so far as to do some collaborative note taking to where everybody's sharing the same set of notes uh, and that's a great way that's a great alternative and and to kind of let them go in and and post those notes and they can kind of see um, and I've done that in a couple different ways I've done it as a full class and then I've also done it in in groups uh, I actually like it in groups more because a lot of times if you've got more than four or five people on the same document it just gets to be a lot um, so that's another one of my big alternatives is how can we collaboratively share what we're learning um, and help if if somebody's out. Uh, and then I'm always, 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 I tell people all the time, I was like, if you have questions, just come ask me. I'm super open. If I need to, if I need to reteach for an hour, I'll reteach for an hour. Um, you know, now I have that ability because I have office hours and and some release time for some other stuff that I do. And, you know, that makes it a little easier to do that. Um, but I think there is a, a portion of us, 
as teachers that does have to be available. So when I taught high school, you know, we've already said there just wasn't a whole ton of time to do the reteaching, to do the catching up, that kind of thing. So one of the things that I started doing was every Friday, I ate lunch with my class in the cafeteria. Uh, I sat at the table with them. They got to ask questions if they had missed stuff that we talk about that. You know, it was 25 minutes where was I a teacher? Yes, I was a teacher, but I was also in there in their space, you know, they enjoyed it. Some days we talked about class, some days we didn't. Sometimes we talked about football or basketball or music or whatever. Uh, it also helped build relationships with my students. Uh, and I do that today. You know, I, I still, I go up to the calf and eat and students will come and sit and, you know, like, I think there is something to be said about be around your students. And I think... <laughs> That is also part of the alternatives to giving out all your stuff. Well, and that goes back. giving them access to you. That goes back to the Dead Poets Society. You know, I, I know I've referenced that multiple times here, but, you know, what we're talking about is what was done at that point in time. And that was in high school and, and their uh, college level. You know, the professors lived there. Right. They ate there. They And those they were available to the students. Now, at some point in time, we made the decision, you know, there, there was a blurred line, I think, at that point in time. That right. We were one, you know, now that was going back to what we talked about last week, the stage on the stage, kind of that authoritarian view as well. But, you know, your idea was, are you, I see my professor that I don't really understand this. Can you take a little bit of time? Yeah, I've got some time now. Let's go ahead. And now we're like, you know, I'm a professor. You're there. I'm going to eat here. You eat there. And, uh, you know, I go away. We don't hang out. In fact, there's a lot of places in which that's discouraged, right? And and such. Now, you're you, you know what you're talking about is you're in, you're in the facility with, right? Right. Your, you know, so it's not like you're going out to Pizza Hut, right, or, or anything like that. But but you know there there isn't anything wrong with that. You know, no. You know, uh, yes, you need to keep that professional relationship. Yes, there are boundaries. Uh, but again, that go, that goes to that key that. They they need access to to what's in your brain, right? That's not going to come out on PowerPoint. That's not going to come out on guided notes. That's not no. going to come out, you know. So hey, how many of y'all are still struggling with what we understood or what we what we discussed last week? Right. Those hands go up. Why are you going on to the next topic? Well, because and a I lot think... of what we do in a what we do in a class is all built around the same stuff. So if they're not understanding a portion of it, they're not going to stand, if they're not going to understand a portion, they're not going to understand the whole. Well, and I think we're still we're still at they that make yourself available. Right. You know, so for instance, um, you know, in higher ed, we all have office hours. Everybody's got to have office hours. That's the thing. Um There's policies about that. There are policies about that. Now, my uh my joke about that is nobody ever comes to my office hours. They always uh, come to I my office them. when I'm they not They come in to my office, but it's never an office hour. Right. Um, but that's fine. I'm in my office, and I tell my students to do that. But a few semesters ago, I had some students, and they were like, we're really intimidated to go to your office. And I'm like, okay. One day a week, I did an office hour at the campus coffee shop. 
Well, what's funny is you've got coffee and candy. And I do a have couch coffee and, and candy and a couch, and sometimes <laughs> the therapy dog and like stuffed animals, and you know, I mean, my I have twinkle lights. There's yeah. a lot in my office. Um, I don't think it's a very intimidating place to be, but I can also understand but that it's the they official were first place, right? You know, they were first semester freshmen, and that concept of going to ask for help was intimidating. Right. So I said, "All right, fine." On Wednesdays, I'm going to do this office hour up at the campus coffee shop. And I'm going to eat. I'm going to get me a sandwich at the campus coffee shop, and I'm going to eat lunch up there. And if you need me, come on in, and we'll have a conversation. I'll bring my computer with me, you know, whatever. And I made myself available to them. And that's that's giving your stuff. That's giving my stuff. But it's not handing over my PowerPoints right. and handing over the things that they're going to say, OK, well, I've, I've learned the things on the PowerPoints. That's all I need. Except it's not. Right. Um, there's a, more to it. You know, that that's a token of the concept. And you need to understand the concept, not the token. Right. All right. So we have a tip of the week and then we'll go into your exciting my exciting news. Exciting news. Okay. We've got a lot more stuff to do this weekend. We have a ton more to do this weekend. But we're going to baseball. We are going to go to baseball. Um, this nice fall. Nice fall? Weather day. I don't even know what kind of weather it is. It's gross outside. Um, but, you know, in my defense, when I bought the tickets to go to the baseball game, it was 80 degrees outside and we had the windows open. So welcome to Tennessee. The weather will change quickly. Okay, I have a tip written down here, but it is not the tip I'm going to give. You put that in as a decoy so that I wouldn't steal your language and throwing the baby out with the bathwater again? Is that? No, I just thought of another <laughs> tip last night when I was leaving work that I wanted to give <laughs> instead of whatever my next one was. Um, and today's tip, it you can call it... A tip, you can call it the feel goods, whatever you want to call it. Um, we all need people. Uh, we've talked, I've talked before about having your teacher bestie, that person that that listens to you and brings you up when you're down and you bring them up when they're down and, you know, the one you vent to and that kind of thing. Um, but I'm going to go a little farther than that. Be sure to thank those people. Uh, I have spent a lot of time in the past three weeks thinking through this big project and, and I needed people to bounce ideas off of. Uh, and I, I work with some of the greatest humans on the planet. Um, not that we don't get on each other's nerves sometimes cause we do, but I truly do work with some of the greatest humans on the planet. And, um, I don't think we show, the gratitude for what those people do for us often enough. I feel like a lot of times we we know they're our person, right? If you go back to the to the Grey's Anatomy show uh, with Meredith and Christina, you're my person. Um, and I think we know who our person is. And I think a lot of times we we bounce ideas off that person, we vent to that person, they vent to us. But I wonder how often we take the time to just sit and stop and say, you know what? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, to use to use the old Golden Girls theme, thank you for being a friend. Um, and 
you know, we're at a tough spot um, in the semester right now. It's spring semester because uh, I know once this is out there, it's out there. So it could be listened to at any point. So to give you a little bit of a timestamp, it is spring semester of 2023. We've had a rough few years in education um, where we are currently. Uh, we are in the first spring semester I can ever remember, and I have lived in this town all of my life where there's not been a snow day. Uh, there's been no break, um, you know, and at the P-12 level or at the higher ed level, there's now not that there's always a higher ed snow day, but normally there is at least one at the P-12 level that maybe gets us a delay at the higher ed level. Um, and we've had none of that. Uh, the weather has our, been... Our college has, just for a couple of those... The... <laughs> well, your college has like 13 campuses, so... Nine, but okay. <laughs> but um, it's hard. We're at a hard spot. Uh, everybody is pushing till spring break. Uh, we are working through an accreditation visit. I mean, you know, there's just a lot going on. And I think a lot of times we use use and <laughs> abuse our person... Not that they don't use and abuse us. I think that that is a, you know, well shared all around. But I think my tip of the week is to stop sometime this week and thank that person, you know, for being your person. So can we combine two shows? Thank you for being a friend where everyone knows your name. Golden Girls and Cheers at the same time. No. I don't know why as soon as she said I that. I don't know <laughs> why you did that either because your person would obviously know your name. You are so weird. He was not like this when I married him. I think our children have done this to him. Yeah. So, so big projects. You tend to you tend to do those. We get to announce I, them here all the I time. Do tend to do big projects. So, if you haven't already, you can go buy our book, Educational Technology. Big Kindle pictures on. and practical applications for the classroom, so and it is actually be, available now in print and ebook, and um, uh, maybe some other things there coming up soon. We won't get there quite yeah. yet. We'll just toss that out there. So we'll toss that one out. Um, so I we upgraded our podcast stuff here. We have upgraded our podcast stuff here. And have donated that to to um. <coughs> what is in the works at my university of an. Engaging, innovative teaching and learning lab, basically. Um, it is going to be called the Eagle Technology Lab, which stands for Engaging, Assisting, and Growing Learners and Educators. Uh, and we are in the process of, I have made a big list that keeps growing of things that I want in there. Um but we are taking a classroom that did not have any technology in it, so it was not something that was really able to be utilized very well at this point. I mean, no computer, nothing. And we're going to turn it into a tech lab because what it does have in it is a ton of plugs. Okay. <laughs> uh, and the point behind it is to get, um, once it's all the way done, uh, it'll be a collaborative space. It'll have spaces where students can work together, the whiteboard tables, you know, all those kinds of things, um, but where our teacher candidates, our job embedded teachers, our local education agencies can come in and where we have a lot of 
single pieces of technology that can be used in the classroom. Um, not necessarily classroom sets, but single pieces so that teachers can maybe try things out. They can see how things might work in their classroom. They can think through those things um, to really let our students, instead of just we're going to talk about educational technology, they're going to actually get to touch it and use it and do those things. So I'm in the process of that. Uh, so if anybody wants to give me anything, um, I do work at a Christian university that is a nonprofit. So it would be a tax write off <laughs> uh, kind of donation. Um, but if anybody is out there and wanting to do that, we are working on that. And part of that is due to some state licensure changes. Um, one of my classes is starting their own podcast. And it will be called Education Unleashed, Tips, Tricks, and Insights for Teachers by Teachers. Uh, so this is graduate students. Um, we are starting the process of recording. We just got official approval that we could do it. So we're getting ready to start the process of recording. Um, and... They're really excited about it, and they're really excited. We have 26 episodes already planned out. Um, so those are not going to start releasing until this summer because, oh, yeah, I've got to edit and record and do those things. Um, Which is one of the reasons, uh, you know, we're doing this episode today because so she can go through the checklist that yeah. I've given. So she can start to learn the process of... Of, of editing. Of David it. normally does the editing piece. So those are a couple things that are... Big coming up. Um, I'm pretty excited about them. I'm uh, I'm really really excited for our students to have a a place where they can work collaboratively, where it is designed with teachers in mind, where they can get their hands on some of this equipment that might be something that they could use in in their schools. Uh, I'm I'm doing a ton of research. We've got some high-dollar equipment we want to get, but we also have some low-dollar right. equipment that we want to get. So, uh, And we've had our first donation of money, which uh, was great, and I have already spent. And um, Sorry, it's in the process of being spent to go on and get, get us started. Um, and we've had our first donation of equipment. Perfect Chaos donated <laughs> that first donation of equipment. Um, so it it's getting ready to roll, and I'm really, really excited about it. So hopefully I'll be able to share some pictures and stuff as this goes, but uh, I wanted to throw it out there. It is a pretty cool project that I'm pretty excited about. And everybody will know your name there. <laughs> yes, everybody <laughs> will know my name. This is not being named after me. Yeah. No, it I, literally is going to be named the Eagle Technology Lab. <laughs> uh, and not, speaking of roll, not only are you rolling that, but we'll be rolling this podcast to Middle Tennessee this summer as well. We will. Uh, gonna gonna actually roll both my podcasts so over that direction. But uh, Ron and I will be teaching, will be presenting about <laughs> education, and then we'll be doing some discussion about education. We'll pick a couple people out and join us on the podcast there as well. From uh, Murfreesboro in July the 19th. Well, we'll pick people 
in Murfreesboro, but they may not be from Murfreesboro. They may not be from Murfreesboro. They'll be in Murfreesboro at the time. So I already have a few in mind. All right. That I want to talk to. Oh. Because they're some of my favorite humans on this earth. So we'll have to do that. We're going to do some just kind of roundtable chats. and Yeah. It's going to be some fun. Absolutely. That's uh, that, that was one of the impetus about the, incre- uh, the the change of our equipment here. Other than the fact that now I got uh, sound effects to go along with our show. I apologize that he has sound effects. But. I need that sound effect every time you tell a dad joke. Hey, my dad jokes are great. Don't Your dad jokes are awful. They're absolutely wonderful. And this is what everybody does every time I say No, that. it is not. <laughs> Even the dogs hang their head in shame when you tell a dad joke. So if you are over in Murfreesboro on, uh, in July, let us know. We uh, may be able to get you on there as well. But we do have some people. I know Rhonda is always great. You're going to toss uh, one of the headphones to them. So let's, let's get going. So uh, expect us there. But uh, until then, as we conclude today, we'd like to say that we always look forward to recording these episodes and engaging with each of you. However, without your feedback, we do not know what you're thinking. So please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. You can also find out all about us on our Perfect Chaos website at www.perfect-chaos.org. Which does have a new blog post, by the way. It does have a new blog post, and it's a good blog post, actually. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Perfect Chaos 7 on Instagram at Perfect Chaos 7. And Facebook, you have to add the A and A Perfect Chaos 7. Most recently on TikTok at Perfect underscore Chaos underscore podcast. Personally, you can find us on Twitter at. Uh, my Twitter is at DRR Blevins. And you can find me at DS Blev. If you're following us on the anchor.fm platform, you can hit the message button. Sylvia loves to do that. Uh, We'll get those messages included. Send us a voice message, and we'll include those in a future podcast. Lastly, we've opened up the listener support tab. So while we are are saying, hey, help Rhonda in the expansion of her Eagle uh, Lab, uh, you can support us as well. Do do that through the Anchor FM uh, if you support, support us, that is not a tax deductible <laughs> yeah, that donation. Is, that is not. Uh, we are not a nonprofit. I will center. say, we have other students that are listening to the podcast. Well, we need to. Hey, make sure that they toss in a, a message every now and again. But uh, we Just appreciate saying. we appreciate their support. So, until next week, remain calm in your perfect chaos. <laughs>